This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made for This. Step up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. If you're following along with the Find Your People book club, this week we'll be reading chapter six. And now, here's Jenny. Okay, guys, welcome to Made for This Podcast. You are tuning in to an entire season called Find Your People because we are coming out of a lonely season. And so this book, this series is all for you, and it is to help you find your people. And some of you already have your people. This book is still for you. And the reason why is because it will deepen the relationships you already have. Guys, we've been in bad patterns. We have not prioritized this. We have not lived in a communal way. And I'm telling you, there's a different way to do it. And all your stories are so encouraging because it shows me you can make small changes and have a radical shift in your relationships because you prioritize them just a little. Some of you are completely overwhelmed by this thought. And I just want to encourage you, don't be, because you can't believe how a couple small decisions can change everything. I am not talking about adding massive things to your schedule. I'm talking about looking for the relational connections that are already right in front of you. This week, I have had a little dread. Here it is, my most vulnerable week in the book, my most vulnerable week on the podcast. Ah. I sure love you guys. Do you know that? Do you know how much I love you? Because I wouldn't do this unless I love you. I mean... I would not do this unless I loved you and I wanted better for you because, yeah, I I think everybody here knows that I am entering a season of Sabbath and rest this summer, and I can't wait for that because I am so tired. And being vulnerable, even like tonight as I'm recording this, which I'm recording it just a few days before it, it airs, and so this is pretty real time right now, and to do this right now... It's such a, <laughs> to be vulnerable, like I will be here today with you, it's not where I want to be right now. Honestly, I, I want to be off and I want, I'm kind of crawling into this sabbatical, but I want more than that, more than to make it to rest. I want to help you. I want to leave you with tools that you can do with your people over the course of the next few months to look up in the fall when I'm back and go, oh my gosh, my relationships are different. I have different friendships. Guys, that is that is our dream. And so during this break, I want to encourage you, when you look at summer, when you look at the next few months of your life, what would it take for you just to reach out to a few friends and say, hey, I would love to do this podcast series with you and read this book with you over the course of 12 weeks, which is about three months, which is about the length of the summer. I'm telling you, if you do this with me, if you gather some people and read together and discuss together and talk about how to do this better, it will change your relationships. I'm believing it. Now, this week we're talking about SAFE. We're talking about chapter six, and in it, I let you into a story of one of my friends that quit me, that was really hurt by me. 
and massively pulled back on our friendship. And it was one of the most difficult things to write about. I didn't want to share it because I, I mean, honestly, this whole book, I'm so vulnerable in it. I just, it's embarrassing to show the places that I have gotten this so wrong. And if I'm honest, I had a lot of shame going into this project because I knew there were people out there in the world that would roll their eyes when they found out that I wrote a book about this because I am not good at this. And I had to do work around what it is exactly that I'm not good at. And as I share in the book, every single friend that had a struggle with me, and even to this day struggles with me, has said the exact same things. I mean, this happened, guys, this happened a few months ago after the book is already out. Actually, I guess it was last month because the book hadn't been out long. I get confronted by someone and they say how hard it is that I'm speaking on this subject because I haven't ever been a good friend to them. And they begin to name the things I literally confess in this chapter. <laughs> that why I've not been a good friend, which is basically that I am not vulnerable, that it is hard for me to be transparent, that I try to fix problems when other people share them. These are my weaknesses, guys. I'm in counseling, I'm in therapy, as you're going to hear later this week from two of my friends that I'm in counseling with. We're doing group counseling with Kurt Thompson, several of us, um, Ann Voskamp and Jessica Honegger are going to be on. They're in that small group of mine, the cohort. And this is the thing I'm working on. I mean, they are literally having me practice it every single week where I share my fear, I share my hope, I share my burden, like whatever it is, and I usually cry and it's not my favorite thing. I don't love thinking about what's wrong in my life. I don't always see the point of it. And yet, as I have chosen to live more vulnerably and to let people in to my struggles, not everybody, not the whole wide world, okay, unless it's helpful and beneficial to share something vulnerable like it is in this book, I don't just air my dirty laundry. I am sharing things that I hope connect with you so that it helps you see things differently or change or grow. But when I'm sharing life with my closest people and my closest friends, I'm having to basically choose to do it to be known and to be understood. And sometimes it feels more attractive to me to hide those things, not because I want to live in secrets or dark. I, I totally get not having secrets, right? Like that is a huge value of mine. That's never been a struggle. It's more that I struggle to hash out or see the value in hashing out things that I can't change circumstantially, right? So difficulties that we're facing with a kid in our family or difficulties we might have in our marriage or with conflict with other people. It feels really vulnerable to bring those things up. And in the back of my head is this voice saying, and what's the point, right? <laughs> what's the point? But yet, what I've had fun studying recently in scripture is the power of confession and living in the light so that we find healing. That little twist on why we should do this has changed everything for me. So let me begin with that scripture which I have mentioned here before because, again, it's something that I'm studying currently and it just keeps coming up. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Guys, let me say a couple things. Confess your sins. 
confession is to say the truth, right? It's to tell what is true. So we're talking about sin. We're ta- we're confessing struggles we've had. We're confessing even weaknesses or burdens we've had, as I talked about a passion with the scriptures in Hebrews that talk about throwing off every sin and burden that so easily entangles us. So there's this idea that we would confess, the throwing off is a confession, so that, and we confess to each other, so that we may be healed. Our forgiveness from God is not contingent on our confession or being honest with each other, but our healing is. And what I've found in in this work I've done with this cohort is that as I have been honest about what is difficult or what my struggles are or what my sin tendencies are, when I start to be really candid about that, and, and I'm met with what I talk about in the book is compassion, which is our human desire, which Kurt Thompson talks about as well, which is to be seen, to be soothed, and to be safe. Those are the three things from birth until we die that we are longing for in a human interaction and connection. When I share my struggles and I'm met by being seen and being soothed and feeling safe, something in my brain starts to heal and reconnect and realize I don't have as much to be afraid of as I thought. My anxiety begins to go down and I exhale and there's something about a good hard cry while being seen and soothed and safe that heals something in us that nothing else <laughs> heals. And and you see this when you watch people that push things away, probably like myself, people would look at my life and see this, where there's a guardedness that inevitably follows self-protection like that, right? You have to guard because you're guarding your emotions from yourself even, right? Because if I feel them, it's like I might just be pulled under. I may not make it. And I know I'm talking to so many of you that that live this way and and would make a case to me, like I've made many times, about why you want to keep living this way. But I would just, I would just say scripture is pretty clear that you confess to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's this idea that we're missing something if we don't access relationships in this deep, vulnerable way, that we're missing healing, that our souls can't heal. And and Kurt Thompson has been teaching me that that's actually something that happens neurobiologically in your mind. Like it's something real that like neurons fire differently because you are seen and soothed and safe with people as you share what's difficult in your life. So powerful. So you know that feeling when you find something that you're newly obsessed with? For me recently, it has been this grocery store in Texas called H-E-B, and I didn't know they delivered to my house, and so now I'm telling everybody I know that they need to order groceries from H-E-B. Rothy's could be your new everyday shoe obsession. Rothy's Shoes gives you right out of the box comfort, and they come in amazing styles and colorways, and you can wash them. It's easy to see why millions of women wear Rothy's Shoes every single day. You've probably seen Rothy's The Point and The Flat because they're one of their top sellers, but they also make these insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. My favorite shoe right now is The Sneaker, that's what it's called, in sand. So it's just a really cute kind of beige color with white soles. And it just is such a comfortable pair of shoes that really I can throw on with a dress to go to church or I can wear them down with shorts to the park. And especially when it's hot outside, I love wearing my Rothy's because they're breathable, comfortable, and truly go with any outfit. I've had my sneakers for a while now and I'm really hard on my shoes and they still look brand new, like I just got them out of the box. And so they are shoes that last. 
And it's not just shoes, Rothy's also has stylish and washable bags, wallets, and other accessories. And the best part, everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet, so they've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. Step up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this. God described in scripture before there was any research on the brain. He described in scripture what would be true and what we would understand later is true of the body that he created, the, the brain that he created inside of us, that, that we are best nurtured and whole and full and healed if we are connected to other people in our weakness. Scripture talks about this everywhere. You know, He says to boast in our weakness. Why would he say that? That feels mean, cruel. Why would you ever boast in your weakness? That feels like embarrassing, right? And yet Scripture calls us to do it because a couple things. One, God gets the glory, it says, but also there's freedom, as we all know, in owning our inadequacy and our brokenness and our weakness and being candid and honest about it. There's deeper connection. There's less fear that we have to live with because we're afraid of being found out, that we don't have this idea of feeling like a fraud because we're just candid about it. This is the greatest way to live, and and you do find so much freedom in it. I talk in the book, or actually it's a different book. It was nothing to prove about friends. I, I did in this book as well, but a different story about Phoebe and how Rachel, and if you've never watched it, three of the, char- the girl characters, I'm sure you've seen a little snippet of it sometime in your life. Rachel and Courtney Cox's character, Monica, start getting criticized by Phoebe and saying, oh, Rachel's so da-da-da, you know, self-indulgent into herself. And then Monica's so OCD or whatever. She, they, she describes them both. And and so they decide the way they're going to get back at her for being mean to them is that they're going to tell Phoebe, like, Phoebe, you're so scattered or what all the things Phoebe is and says it all, you know, and, and they think, oh, we got her. Like, we're going to make her feel so bad about herself. Like, she made us feel. And she started laughing and threw her head back and was like, I know. I am. You're right. You saw this acceptance of her weaknesses in herself that was very freeing. And I think anyone watching that little episode snippet would be like, gosh, I'd rather be Phoebe that just laughs at my weaknesses instead of trying to cover them up and pretend I don't have them and be so hurt when people tell me that I do have them, right? It's it's such a freer way to live to just go, yeah, you're right. And I mean, how much more freedom do we have as believers who get to say, you know what, you're right, and I am forgiven. And Jesus has forgiven me the very things that I have been most ashamed of in my life. I'm no longer ashamed of. I can boast in them because the blood of Jesus has, has saved me from them and, and, and changed me and forgiven me. And so that's the hope we have is we don't have to live in insecurity and fear because we have a recognition of, yeah, we are broken, just like all of you are. You know, like, yes, I am bad at this, just like everyone else is. The worst feeling ever is being in a room and feeling like you're the only one that's broken. Guys, you're not the only one that's broken for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has gone our own way, away from God. We are all messed up. It is the most comforting truth in the world. You're messed up, I'm messed up, and all the other humans apart from Jesus Christ are messed up. So that freedom allows us to be vulnerable because we don't have to be perfect in anyone's eyes. And for the people that are listening that did have to be perfect in someone's eyes, that still feels the pressure to be perfect in your father's eyes, 
your earthly father, your earthly mother, or a grandparent, or a boss, or someone else. Let me just say this. I get that. I mean, I get that even this week. I have somebody in my life that I respect that is somewhat of a superior to me, and they were disappointed in me and told me. And I just, it was one of those moments, not many people can make me feel really sad or or disappointed or discouraged by a comment like that, but this person had that power. And yet what I did in my mind was I came back to the truth of, you know what? I'm okay. I can let even that person who I respect so much down. I can let them down. I can apologize. I can own my part. And I can remember that my significance and my worth isn't in their approval. It is in the Lord. And He is pleased with me, even if I'm not perfect, in spite of my imperfections, because of the blood of Jesus. He is pleased with me and delighted in me and wants a relationship with me. That is the hope of the gospel. It's that, yeah, we're going to disappoint each other and we're going to not be able to measure up a lot. And yet the gospel makes it safe to be vulnerable. The gospel makes it okay to be imperfect. Oh, I pray that you have people in your life that you can be imperfect with. And what I would say if, if you don't is risk it. Try. Because the reality is I think everybody's just waiting for someone else to say, hey, I'm struggling. <laughs> Because then they know it's safe for them to say it. This is probably the most important pattern we will study. This one and consistency, the last one where we talk about staying even when it gets hard, right? Dealing with conflict. And these two really truly bring about the relationships we want. You're never going to have all five of these patterns, guys. You may not have close friends that are in proximity to you. You may not have that one. But you could have these other four. For sure you could have this one. I have this with my cohort. I have this, though, also in my real life here in town. I have that with Lindsay and Ashley. I have that with my small group. I'm practicing that same vulnerability with them as well. This is something attainable, right? Proximity may not be. You might live by yourself in the middle of nowhere on a farm. I get it. You may not have any Christians, any believers that you know of within 20 miles of you. I get that. But this thing, this vulnerable thing, you can have this over the phone. You can have this with friends that are distant. You can do this. I promise you, you will not regret doing this. Okay, I take that back. You might. You might regret doing it. They may use something against you. It's happened to me. But it's still worth it. And I'm still choosing to lean in. I'm still choosing to be vulnerable, even knowing it could be used against me because I've seen the fruit. And I've also seen the way of living that that. I don't live that way, and it's so isolating and numb and disconnected, and I don't want it. So brave it this week. Try it. Reach out to a friend. You ready? I'm going to hold your hand. This is what you're going to say. Hey, I've had some things going on in my life. I'd love to go to coffee and share with you. And all I need you to do is just listen and nod. That's all I need. Or all I need you to do is share back some things with me that you're struggling with so I know I'm not alone. Put words to what you're craving and what you need. But don't give up on a friend just because they don't do a good job with this. Teach them. Share it with them. Have them listen to this podcast first. Send it to them. Say, hey, listen to this, and then I want to go to coffee, and I want to do this with you. I want to do this with each other because it matters. Proud of you guys. You're doing hard things week after week. You're telling me all about it. I love it. I love it. Text me. Message me. Go tell your story wherever you can, and I promise you, as you are doing this, other people are craving this too. Hey, if you are following along, download the book club guide. You can invite some of your friends together, read the book chapter by chapter, 
And of course, you can go back and catch up and listen. So don't be afraid to tell your people, hey, we're going to do this together and we'll provide everything you need. So go to JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com and download the book club guide and go ahead and get the book and gather your friends.